Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, March 19th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Europe is ready to use the AstraZeneca vaccine again, and the Biden administration is having its first meeting with Chinese officials in Alaska. Plus, airline stocks are soaring. When we're thinking about what the world will look like, and we're thinking about how desperate everyone is to get out of the house, you look at airlines, and investors just can't get enough of them. The FT's markets editor, Katie Martin, will explain what investors are thinking about when it comes to life after lockdown. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine is safe and effective. That's according to the European Medicines Agency. It investigated the jab after it was linked with a potential risk of blood clots. The decision comes after the European Commission's president, Ursula von der Leyen, threatened to hold back exports of the vaccine as countries in the bloc struggled to inoculate their citizens. Donato Paolo Mancini covers European pharmaceuticals for the FT. He says the EMA ruling clears the way for the continent to resume immunization programs that were suspended over doubts concerning the vaccine. It's a voluntary resumption of vaccination, but some countries, including France and Italy, have said that they would restart as soon as possible, as soon as they got the verdict from the probe, as long as it was fine. So we will see them restart the vaccination drive, especially because France and Italy, for example, are just now entering the third wave of infection, and they need everything they can to make sure that hospitalizations and deaths stay as low as possible. So, Donato, how is this all going to affect the supply constraints that European countries have been experiencing? AstraZeneca has said that it would not be able to meet its delivery commitments. It would actually meet only less than half of that in the second quarter of the year. On Wednesday night, the UK said that it would get substantially less vaccine compared with what it had forecast for the month of April. And so we see a severe undersupply problem going on. We know that authorities across Europe, including the UK, are saying that there is a real supply squeeze. So do you think the problems with AstraZeneca have now been resolved, and how will they affect the global vaccination program, in in your view? The AstraZeneca vaccine has been marred by publicity issues from the very beginning. But I think, you know, as, as the vaccination campaign progresses, and it happens worldwide, those doubts tend to actually be dispelled. I'm not sure what this will mean for the global rollout of the vaccine. What I know is that a readout from the U.S. trial of the AstraZeneca vaccine is imminent, and efficacy figures that come out from that trial will work to actually reassure many people worldwide. Donato Paolo Mancini covers European pharmaceuticals for the FT. American and Chinese officials are in Alaska as part of a two-day summit. It's the first meeting between the Biden administration and China, and tensions were already pretty high before the talks even started. I'm joined by Dmitry Sevastopoulos, the FT's U.S.-China correspondent. Dmitry, you're going to have to pardon the pun, but relations have been pretty chilly between the U.S. and China for a while, even before the two sides arrived in Alaska. Can you unpack what's happened recently? Well, the most recent thing that's happened, Mark, is that a few days ago, the U.S. imposed sanctions on 24 mainland Chinese and Hong Kong officials. And the sanctions were related to the law that China recently passed that basically further eviscerates democracy in Hong Kong. What are the two sides hoping to accomplish with the meeting? Well, they're both coming in, I think, with quite different goals, which is interesting. The Chinese looked back at the last four years of the relationship under Donald Trump, which was very turbulent, volatile, and they're hoping for more stability, and they're hoping, most importantly, for a reset in the relationship. 
But the US has made clear going into the Anchorage meeting that it's not looking for a reset. It wants to lay out very clearly its concerns about China, everything from the clampdown on the pro-democracy movement in Hong Kong to the repression of the Muslim Uyghurs in Xinjiang in northwest China, which the US has called genocide, and then also the increasingly aggressive Chinese military activity uh, in and around uh, Taiwan. So the US has basically said, we're not going to talk to China for the sake of holding talks. We're going to be very clear with them so that they understand we have a lot of concerns. They also talk about possible areas for cooperation, for example, climate change. But I think the overall message is that the US-China relationship has changed, and anyone who thought that it was just Donald Trump who was being tough on China has actually misread a huge shift in Washington, and, and Joe Biden is also going to take a tough stance. And Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, and Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, are going to deliver that message in person to their Chinese counterparts over the two days of talks. There was good news about the economic recovery from the Federal Reserve this week as it raised its forecast for U.S. growth this year to 6.5%. The Bank of England also upgraded its outlook for the U.K. economy. The FT's markets editor, Kitty Martin, is here to give us the market view of all this. Kitty, what are we to make of the Fed's statement this week and Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus package? So, yeah, in its latest meeting, the Federal Reserve, the U.S. Central Bank, said, yep, growth is definitely gathering pace. And if you look at what's happening with vaccines, and if you look at the size of this stimulus package that we're getting from the Biden administration, we're looking at growth of 6.5% this year. Like Back in December, they were saying 4.2. So that's a massive upgrade. They're also saying that inflation will rise above its target, which is 2%. They reckon it will tick up to 2.2%. That doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a big amount for a central bank to be upgrading its inflation forecast. And as I say, it's above the target. So this opens up a bit of a quandary in terms of how investors are going to look at what the Fed does next. So the market thinks that we're going to start seeing some inflation, which is bad news for the bond market. And generally speaking, what's bad news for the bond market is in certain circumstances, bad news for the, for pockets of the stock market too. So Markets have been a little bit nervous about that. But effectively, what the Fed said was, yes, growth and inflation are definitely picking up. But they seem very, very chill about the sell-off in the U.S. government bond market. They're not showing any signs that they're going to step in and do anything. And on inflation, just to put it into perspective, the current rate is 1.5. So to get to 2.2 would be a little bit of a journey. Um, Going back to the bond sell-off, is this at all concerning? So Treasury yields have been pushing higher and they pushed higher again after the Fed meeting because this lack of a pushback from the Fed has been taken as a bit of a green light, really, from investors to keep pushing yields higher, to keep backing out of US government bonds. So we're way past the point where yields started before we hit the the start of the COVID crisis just over a year ago. It's been really quite a significant move. Now, this sort of trickles through to all different bits of the market, right? So high growth tech stocks have been having a bit of a bad run on this because low interest rates are one of the things that really fuels that trade along. But other parts of the market that like higher yields, that like an inflationary environment are doing going great guns. So US bank stocks are up like 30% this year. You know, It's only March. That's quite a lot. So, you know, if you look at the kind of indices for where stocks are, it, it looks like not very much is going on. But you dig under the surface around which stocks are doing well and which stocks are doing badly. And there's some really big shifts going on. 
What other stories are you looking out for right now, Kitty? So right now, the the big theme for investors really is what does the world look like? What do markets look like once we come, you know, blinking out of our house arrest and, and all the lockdowns end? So markets have been starting to kind of position themselves for this kind of return to normality, which could be quite sharp, right? You know, we're all desperate to go on holiday, go out for dinner, you know, all that sort of stuff. Go to a baseball game. Yeah. Yeah. American ball sports. Yes. So, you know, when we're thinking about what the world will look like, and we're thinking about how desperate everyone is to get out of the house, you look at airlines and airline stocks have already been having a pretty good run. But what, what we're starting to see now is that investors just can't get enough of them. So IAG, which owns British Airways, raised 1.2 billion euros in a, in a bond issue. And in the US, Sun Country Airlines has had a sparkling debut on the stock market. So global airlines lost, you know, something like a, a third of their value on the stock market last year, but they've jumped by about a fifth so far in, in 2021. And some of the big US airlines have seen stock market rises of about 60% since the beginning of October. So this is the market's way of saying, we really want to get back to normal and we really want to reward those stocks that have for companies that have somehow managed to survive through the COVID crisis and are going to make it out the other side with this massive rush of demand. And so economists and investors are sort of really trying to figure out what that reopening looks like, whether we're all going to splurge the money that some people have saved up while fun has been cancelled where is all that money going to go to? What sort of companies are going to benefit? What sort of stocks are going to benefit? That is the theme that people are looking at now. Kitty Martin is the FT's markets editor. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT news briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help from Gavin Coleman and Michael Bruning. Our theme song is by Metaphor Music. I'll be taking next week off. My fantastic colleague, Lila Raptopoulos, will be filling in as host. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.